lot of you might not know me and Linda, but we've, we typically go to the first service. Uh, I never thought I was getting old, but maybe I am. <laughs> we like the hymns, it seems. So um, uh, Gideon's Ministries, we've been part of the Gideon Ministry for a good many years, and um, we've done a lot of uh, services like this over the years, but recently, say maybe the last four years at least, churches have kind of been closed to uh, any kind of outside because of COVID. Nobody's been allowed in to speak, and so this is kind of a, a, a new thing for us again. We're, we're just thrilled to be here to speak about the Gideon ministry and um, let you know a little bit about it. So First Chronicles 16.8 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. So it's been over a hundred years since the Gideons International placed the first Bible in a hotel room in Montana. And today we're still striving to make the Lord known among all the peoples of the earth by spreading God's word. So we're going to have a video now, and uh, we have an international convention, so Gideon's is not just in Marshall, Michigan, and it's not just in Michigan, and it's not just in the USA, but it's a worldwide ministry. And our international convention, we invited a guy to come and speak, and you're going to hear that testimony right now. When I was 15 years old, my mom and dad were going to have a divorce. My dad was not living with us at the time. He was living in a motel. And when you get in trouble, the first thing you do is go to church. And that's what my dad did. He took that Gideon Bible that was in that motel room. He went to church three Sundays in a row. On the third Sunday, my dad received Jesus Christ as his personal savior. I didn't know what he was talking about. All I know was simply this. He came to the house the next Sunday, woke me out of a dead sleep, and said, you are going to church. We can have a knockdown, drag out fight if you want to, but you are going to church. I could see the fire in his eyes. You're looking at a fellow that was physically made to go to church, my brother and I. Sunday after Sunday, the same scenario. My dad would come to the house, wake us up, and we'd go to church. It was during that time that my dad read that Gideon Bible. He read through the New Testament three times. He got a hold of a verse, Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. He underlined that three times in his Gideon Bibles, those last three words, and thy house. My dad went to his pastor, told him the situation he was in, and asked his counsel. Pastor Goodwin said, you need to move back into the house. You got a responsibility to live for God in front of your boys. I'll never forget this as long as I live. As I look out that big bay window, I see my dad with a suitcase in one hand and the Gideon Bible in the other hand. I said, Mom, Mom, you're not going to believe this. It looks like Dad's moving back in. 
She quickly goes to the front of the door, and I'm right behind her. She said, what are you doing? He said, I'm moving back in. I, I talked to my pastor, and he told me that I, that I have a responsibility to live for God in front of the boys. I'm moving back in. I don't want you to leave, but I'm coming in. Well, obviously, that did not go over too well with my mom, believe you me. So the three of us would be going to church. My mom basically needed to get away for the weekend. So she went with her girlfriend, and my mom loves to yard sale. And she bought a whole bunch of books. I mean, bags, brown paper bags full of books. And she will haul these bags into the motel room. She will spread them all out because she wanted to see what kind of bargain that she got. And then she put the books back into the brown paper bag. And she accidentally took the Gideon Bible that was in that motel room and put into that brown paper bag. Now, my mom wants you to know, I'm instructed by mama, she said she did not steal the Bible. She wants you to know that as if you're concerned about that. Now, my mom is very curious. And she felt like she was being left out. And now she has a Bible just like my dad. So she, one Sunday, said, I'm coming to church with you guys. So here we're in this little country church. My dad has a Gideon Bible. My mom has a Gideon Bible. We're, we're there together as a family. I'll be honest with you. At first, I did not listen to what the preacher had to say. But then I started listening. And I realized that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. That Jesus Christ died on that cross for my sins and was buried and rose again. And I knew I needed to give my heart to Jesus. When the preacher gave the invitation, he would plead for sinners to come to Christ. I mean, I was under such Holy Ghost conviction. I mean, I could not hold on to the hymn book. I was shaking so. My other hand would be holding on to the back of the pew that was in front of me, and my knuckles would be pure white. This one Sunday, I couldn't take it anymore. I went forward to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And right behind me was my mom and brother. I wish you could have been with me on that ride home. I'm telling you, God was in that car. Joy unspeakable and full of glory as God put our family back together. God gave me new desires. He gave me a desire as a teenage boy to read the Word of God. Never had that desire before. God gave me a desire to pray and gave me a desire. I feel comfortable now being around other Christians where that wasn't the case before. Six months after my conversion, the summer before my junior year in high school, I heard that there was such a thing as a Christian school, that you actually could have a class where they could teach you the Bible. I wanted to go to a Christian school. But the problem was in New England at that time, there was not very many Christian schools. We lived in New Hampshire, 
but there was one up in Maine where they had room and board. And I talked my mom and dad into, into going there. My brother went as well. So I didn't get to see my parents that much my junior and senior year in high school. My senior year in high school, I felt God had called me to preach. At the same time, God was calling my dad to preach. So we decided to go to school together. How would you like to go to school with your dad? <laughs> now, my dad is very competitive, and so am I. We're going to see who's going to get better grades. First semester, I got all A's, one C. I got a B. My dad got all A's. Next semester, I got all A's, one B. I got a B this time. Nope. He got all A's. Third semester, I got all A's. Aha. Well, the truth is I could only tie him. I could never beat him because he got straight A's all the way through. Before we, graduated from high, before we graduated from the Bible Institute, we started a church in Chatham, Virginia. My dad pastored that church for 19 years. He died and he went to be with the Lord. Honestly, my dad literally saw hundreds of people come to Jesus. My brother, who's a preacher, he has literally seen thousands of people come to Jesus. Then there's the little old me. I really believe with all of my heart, I don't know if it was two Gideon men, I don't know if it was a husband and wife, it may have been two Gideon ladies, but they went to room 105, put a Bible there in that motel room. I don't know, I just believe in my heart that they had a word of prayer. Lord, use this Bible. May somebody come to Jesus through this Bible. Lord, restore a family. Lord, it would be great to see hundreds and yea, even thousands of people come to Jesus through this Bible. I want to backtrack just for a second. When my dad was making us go to church, my cousin Don, she was living uh, with us. I really considered her my sister. She's a couple years older than I, and when my dad was making us go to church, she rebelled. She left. Didn't hear from her for about, for a year and a half. In fact, one time I heard that she may have been in California. I don't know if that was true or not. But she finally called, and she asked my dad if she could come back home. My dad said, well, the rules haven't changed. She said, well, I expect that. Can I come home this weekend? She said, well, sure. But we're going up north to Bain to watch the kids play basketball. You're more than welcome to come. And she said, I'd like that. And so after the basketball game, it was just Don and I were walking to the dormitory. She said, Dino, is this Christianity, is it for real? I said, oh, Don, is it ever? I've enjoyed my walk with Jesus. I wouldn't trade this for anything. That night, my mom and dad led Don to Jesus using my mom's Gideon Bible. And my mom gave her that Bible. 
She went to Bible school with us for a year using the Gideon Bible. That was her Bible. And so, not that long ago, I called Don. I said, Don, I don't know where my dad's Gideon Bible is. I, I, I've seen it, I, but I, I don't know where it's at. You don't happen to have mom's Gideon Bible, do you? I would love to have it if you're not using it. And Don said, well, the truth is I led my best friend to Jesus with that Gideon Bible. I told her the history of that Bible and I gave it to her. So I said to Don, Don, could you call her your best friend? And, and if she's not using it, I would sure love to have it. A couple days later, Don called back and said that, uh, that her best friend had led one of her friends to Jesus and gave her that Gideon Bible. And uh, we, we've lost contact and I don't know where they're at. Isn't that awesome? The Bible says, he sendeth forth his commandment upon the earth. His word runneth very swiftly. So shall my words be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing sunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I thank God for my salvation. I thank God for his word, but I also thank God for you, the Gideons. I'm indebted to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. I find it really interesting how God connects each of us, each of us and prepares us. See, this summer was the first time I met Dino. As you notice, he's from the First Baptist Church in Nashville, Michigan. I've known his wife for a long time, Lori. She went to Olivet Schools, and she's one of my sister's very good friends. And Ron worked with Lori's brother at Olivet Schools for a while. The church in Nashville is a big supporter of the Gideon ministry, especially at Christmas time when they do an offering which is called Birthday for Jesus. That offering is, is collected as a gift for Jesus on his birthday. And all that money goes to buy Bibles to be sent worldwide. There are lots of different ways to serve in the Gideon ministry, and if any of you are interested, talk to Ryan or I afterwards, we can explain more. But there's more than just the Gideons. There's other ways to serve. As in the hall out here, you see on the wall that we support several missionaries. And we, um, We support several missionaries, and there's also a report in the annual report that was sent out for the business meeting coming up, and that shows where all the missionary offering goes. 15% of the general fund missions, offering missions is sent to missionaries. Plus, anytime you donate and designate for the missions, that goes to missionaries. And one way that you can do as a family or individual, go ahead and pick one or two of those missionaries out there 
start to learn more about them, sign up to get their news reports and updates, and then start praying for them. Also, every week in our weekly updates and monthly newsletter, there's a section that asks for volunteers to help in lots of areas of the church. That's another way we can serve. I challenge each and every one of you to find a need that you can do with your time and pray towards that need. Because it's truly a blessing when everyone is working together to honor and serve God. And as you notice, each week when the pastor's in the service, they will say, you are sent. That's our orders to do what we can do where God leads us. In Ephesians 6, 7, it says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should do whatever, use whatever gift he received to serve others, faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. Finally, the challenge is Deuteronomy 11.13. So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that is your challenge I give you today. I'm a Satanist. I follow the Lord Satan. That's what a young university student yelled at a team of Gideons who were distributing testaments outside a university in Mexico City. He had taken a testament, saw what it was, and became enraged. He can continued to taunt the Gideons and shout at them. Finally, he said, I'll show you just what I think of that book and he proceeded to try to set it on fire with a lighter. But try as he might, he couldn't ignite it. He tried for several minutes, but the testament just would not burn. He quieted down and became afraid. The young student uh, had never seen anything like this before. He left abruptly, but when he came back, he apologized to the Gideons he realized this must be a supernatural book. The men began to witness to him and share to him from the back of the Testament. In the back of Gideon Testaments is the plan of salvation. It's really easy to take somebody through this plan of salvation in the back of these books. Before that morning was over, he prayed to accept Jesus as his Savior. That's why Gideon served, to see people turn to Christ. For many of you, when you hear the name Gideons, you probably think about the Bibles that you regularly see in hotels. But the Gideons International is so much more than that. And uh, yes, you can take those Bibles. You don't have, they're not, you're not stealing them when you take them. <laughs> they're there for people's use. So the object of the Gideons is to win others to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that through three ways. The first is an association of Christian men and professional, Christian businessmen and professional men. Second is through personal testimony. 
these Bibles are what we call our personal workers' testaments, and as Gideons, uh, we we regularly share uh, the plan of salvation with people, and then we give them these Bibles. And then third is by placing the Bible, God's holy word, or portions of it, in hotels, hospitals, schools, institutions, and also through, like I said, the personal testimonies. So we endeavor to, t we endeavor to uh, when you become a Gideon, we don't just want you to be a Gideon. We want you to become a better leader, a better Christian man. Uh, we have programs in the Gideon ministry where we teach men how to become better, men and women, how to, be, how to share their faith, how to, uh, we have uh, one book that we go through. It's called Share Jesus Without Fear. So uh, we want you to be an influence in your community as we use our unique gifts to fill, fulfill the Great Commission and then to impact the world through the support of our auxiliary and our, they're an integral part of our uh, association. Linda didn't mention it at all, but uh, we're both active in our local camp, but Linda's also the regional director for half of Michigan for the Gideons now. So she's uh, very involved in Gideons. So for an average of $1.56, you can help provide scriptures in 199 countries around the world. And when you choose to partner with the Gideons, our church joins more than 250,000 missionaries serving in your community around the world. Gideons are divided into camps. Ours is called the Albion Marshall Camp, but we also have members right in this room that are part of the Battle Creek North Camp, there's the Battle Creek South Camp, but camps all around the world are working the same way. Uh, for instance, Ukraine has 2,500 2, different camps throughout the area of Ukraine. And during this uh, recent war that's going on over there, uh, they've, those Gideon camps have been able to place over uh, 5 million copies of God's Word through that area, uh, it seems like a lot of people in that area want Bibles right now. To, to the point where Gideons can't even supply them fast enough, so they've opened up printing presses in Ukraine, and they're actually printing Bibles in Ukraine also. So together, we share more than one million copies of God's Word every seven days in hotels, in schools, in hospitals, prisons, etc. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. Isaiah 55:11. The Gideons International is an extension of our church. Like I said earlier, we're organized in 199 countries around the world, and those countries all have camps just like we have in Albion Marshall and do the work of the Gideons. So Bibles and New Testaments are printed in over 108 languages that we pass out. So since the Gideons' exception, ex exception 
we have placed over 2.4 billion Bibles around the world. It started out kind of slow, but as it goes, it goes and goes. And I can remember not, it hasn't been that long ago where we, faced, we placed our first 1 billion scriptures, and now we're up to 2.4 billion scriptures. So Gideon's and auxiliary provide more than two scriptures per second every day. We don't do that by ourselves. We do that with your help. So when people give to the give an offering to the Gideon ministry, that goes to buy scriptures. The Gideons themselves, uh, we pretty much try to do all the overhead of the Gideon ministry on our own. So when you give a dues to the Gideons, that dues pays for the overhead part of the Gideon ministry. Also, when Gideons go to other countries even to pass out scriptures, we do it at our own cost. So we, the ministry is, is, the Gideon ministry is funded by the Gideons themselves. So that when churches give to the ministry, that goes to buying Bibles. So I have a slide for you next. That's coming up here. And it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. So, have you heard about this great commission? What does it mean exactly? And does it apply to the believer today? When Jesus told the disciples to be his witnesses and go into all the world, he was not asking them, nor was he seeking to get their permission or even if they agreed with him. It was an imperative command, like a parent would give to a child that was playing in the middle of the street. The parent would say, get out of the street right now, immediately. There is no plan B. For, for the disciples, nor is there for us. Jesus, just before his ascension back up to heaven, said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, they didn't need anyone's permission to take the gospel into the world because Jesus had previously said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Matthew 28, 18. And so he was passing on his authority to them to take the message into a lost and dying world. So my question to you is, what is your part in the Great Commission? There are many ways to do this, Yesterday was Lighthouse. Many people work at Lighthouse. Uh, there's Kids Church. There's Awana on Tuesday nights. You can teach Sunday school, adults and children. You can come to Wednesday night prayer meeting and pray for others, just to name a few. For me, I was doing all those things, but still I felt I needed to do more. Have you ever felt that? I told Linda I was being called to be a missionary to Africa. She said, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I said, what do you mean I'm not? 
she said, God doesn't do things halfway. If he was going to call you, he would be calling me. He hasn't, so he didn't. <laughs> so a week later, I was in Florida at a dive conference. On I, I worked, uh, I volunteered for the sheriff department as a diver for quite a few years, and I was taking a class on criminal uh, investigation of dive sites. And so I was spent some time in a hotel room because it was a two-day class, so I was by myself. And I got to looking at the helps in the front of the Gideon Bible. And I thought, wow, what a great, what a great Bible. It's got all these things in there. You know, if you're afraid, you can look up Psalms 34-4, different things like that. And I was impressed with it. And I even thought about stealing it, but I didn't. I left it there. <laughs> but when I got back... Uh, to Michigan, the first thing that happened was there was a Gideon uh, speaker here at this church. And after he was, one of the things he said was, farmers can be Gideons. And I, I thought, wow. So I went up to him afterwards, and he said, well, we're actually having a meeting at Schuler's this week. You're invited to come and learn more about the ministry. And when I got home, um, I told Linda I joined. And uh, she said, I knew you would. <laughs> so that's how we got started in this ministry, giving out God's word over 35 years ago. I was 31 at the time. So if you want to know more about how you can be a part of this worldwide ministry and still keep your day job, come talk to me or Linda or other Gideons throughout the audience here. We would love to tell you more about it.